0: Welcome to The Saint Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Our vision is to bring hope, and I hope this encourages you wherever you're listening. Enjoy. How are you all doing? We good? Amazing. Oh guys, it's so nice to be up here. I'm often singing to you, but now I get to talk to you which is always nice. Um, As Al said, I'm Kaz, um, the worship pastor here. And I'm also married to a guy called Robin, who's part of our team at our West Ham location. Um, And he actually gets ordained in the summer, he becomes a priest in the summer in the church, which is very exciting. And on Wednesday, the Wednesday just gone, we celebrated our third year wedding anniversary. So thank you, thanks. Um, So today, church, I wanna talk to you guys about worship. And if I'm honest with you, if there was one person that was qualified to talk on the topic of worship, you'd think it'd be the worship pastor. But actually, (laughs) if I'm honest with you guys, I often find that worship can be really tough. It can be a real struggle, can't it? You know, we walk in to Sundays with loads on our minds, loads on our hearts. You know, life isn't easy. We've got loads of stuff we're working through. And I'd even go as far to say that worship sometimes is costly, isn't it? I find it does. I find it's costly sometimes to stand on the stage or stand in the congregation and lift my hands and say, God, you are faithful when I feel like he hasn't been there for me. Mm. I find that costly. Mm. I find it costly um, to stand up and raise my hands and say, God, you love me when I feel unlovable. Wow. It feels costly, right? So on that topic, the topic of this talk today, and if it's helpful for you to have a title or a thing to work off is this. How much does this cost. It's the topic of our talk today. So um, as I mentioned before, I'm married to a guy called Robin, and we are currently in the process of moving house. Oh, we're, actually <laughs> mo- we're actually moving tomorrow, and you can tell I'm fully, completely in denial with the fact that we're moving tomorrow, and I'm, that's why I'm here. And I much rather <laughs> hang out with you guys in the morning than me packing boxes, if I'm honest, so I'm happy to be here. And um, one of the things we decided to do when we're moving house is throw away our old sofa and buy a brand new one. Anyone done that before? Anyone anyone gone to sofa shopping before? So we went to um, a warehouse in London and it was one of those huge places where they've got hundreds of sofas to choose from. And it was quite a bougie place, this place where you you walk in, they've got like a bottle of water for you on arrival. You've got a place to hang your coat and your bag. You've like, you know, it's, it's quite, and you've got a personal sales assistant to walk you through the whole shop. It's quite cool, one of those places. The only hook with this shop was that there wasn't a single price tag. And any of the sofas, which either means two, one of two things: everything was free, <laughs> Lord please, or. It was extremely expensive. But me and Robin were naive We're young. We walked in thinking, wonderful, great. No price tags, how, 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 you know, how bad could it be? Anyway, so we found the sofa we loved. We found it, we found the right. It was the perfect color, the perfect back support, the perfect arm height. You, get those, you know, the ones that are too low, too high. It was absolutely perfect. So we turned to our sales assistant. His name was James. He said, James, how much does this cost? And he said, well, guys, this one is 3,500 pounds. <laughs> Now, I'm not going to get too personal here. You don't need to know how much I have in my bank account, but I'll tell you one thing that was above our budgets. And, um, and, but me and Robin had to do that really awkward thing. I'm sure all of us at one point, where we had to pretend we were so far, we were so deep into the shop. We had to pretend that we could afford it. So we sat there on the sofa and we went three and a half. Really? It's, oh, it's a sale. Are we on a sale right now? Do you, know, you have to completely pretend that you can afford the sofa, and um, not, And we said, "Oh, well, you know, we'll, we'll have a think about it. We'll chat about it." You know, and we walked off, got on our second-hand bikes that are basically breaking, <laughs> and cycled back to Hackney. Um, now, I'm not going to talk to you guys about sofas. Do not worry. I'm sick of talking about furniture by now. Um, but I do want to ask the question this morning: How much does your worship cost you? How much does your worship? cost you. You know what? Worship is such an interesting topic, a little bit of a history lesson for you guys this morning. Um, Throughout hundreds of years, throughout hundreds of churches, um, there has been this war of worship this war of worship styles in churches. Churches have literally split because of the difference in worship styles. You've got the churches, similar to this one this morning, where you've got the rock and roll band, you know, the guy with the skinny jeans at the front, big drums, big music, big big noise, kind of Coldplay style music. And then you've got the other churches where a little bit more like, but silence, A little bit more like beautiful, big, ornate buildings and stained glass windows. And you've got the choirs and the organs and a bit more of like the silence in the worship. Can I just say, side note, we have both. We're pretty cool. Um, But there are churches that have literally like split because of this difference. And what happened and what I noticed throughout the years is that what this did is it began to beg the question for us saying, okay, well, I've got some choice here. Which worship do I prefer? Which worship satisfies me? That's the question we begin to ask when we're given those options. And you know what, church? That isn't costly worship. That isn't costly worship. Costly worship is instead asking the question, Lord, what worship do you want? Amen? Lord, what worship satisfies your heart? Because all this worship's for you, right? All All the things that we do here is for you, Lord. So what do you want in worship? So um, we're going to turn to the Bible together because there's a, there's a story in the Bible that really is the exact, in my opinion, the exact prime example of wholehearted, costly worship that moves the heart of God. And it's going to come up on the screens behind me. It's um, Luke chapter 7, verses 36 to 47, and it says this. <clears throat> when one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who had lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. And then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he, knew, he would know he was touching him and what kind of woman she is. She is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one that has the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned towards the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house and you did not give me water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I've entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. But whoever has forgiven little loves little. Amen. Amen. Okay, so three lessons this morning, guys. Three lessons I wanna point out that this woman has taught me about wholehearted, costly worship. And hopefully we'll answer our question today, how much does your worship cost? So lesson number one, worship costs your integrity. Worship costs your integrity. See, in this picture, this passage, I wanna try and paint it well for you guys. We've got a dinner. We've got a dinner that Jesus is with a few men, a few teachers of the law, and you've got a picture. This is quite a civilized dinner, I can imagine. Pretty quite like well-educated men sat around a table. So this is quite a civilized dinner. And then this woman of the lowest of classes and like kind of like, you know, dirty and outcast walks into the room, interrupts this dinner and begins to pour perfume and kiss the feet of one of the men sitting around the table. It was a pretty mad moment, I can imagine. The Pharisees looking at Jesus in embarrassment and in disgust. And you know what? Traditionally, when we look at this passage, what we often try and focus on is the, um, the cost of the perfume. They, um, in, the, in the account in um, the book of Mark, actually, the story is told again in the book of Mark. And one of the disciples says this, Why was the ointment wasted like that? For this ointment could have been sold for more than 300 denarii. So it's, um, scholars believe that this perfume probably would have, the whole jar probably would have costed um, a year's living wage. They think, sorry, a year's salary, actually. So to put it in context, in 2022, that's the equivalent of you and me coming to church on a Sunday, coming to the front stage where everyone can see us, getting out £30,000 in cash and setting it alight. Or even worse, three sofas, that's a joke. Um, LAUGHTER No, but I mean, seriously, you know what I mean? The idea. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the response in the room? £30,000. But you know what? I don't think that's the costly part of the story, in my opinion. Because not only does the woman break this expensive jar of perfume at the feet of Jesus, she breaks her whole dignity and her self respect with it, doesn't she? And we have to understand that this woman was fully aware of what she was doing. She was fully aware of the judgment. She was fully aware of what people were gonna think about her. But what I love is that she just probably thought to herself, I don't care what it takes, I don't care what it costs, I've gotta tell him how much I love him. That's what I love. She just thought, I I couldn't care less what the Pharisees think of me. I'm pretty low as it is, I'm pretty low as it comes anyway. I've gotta come in and tell Jesus just how much I love him. And what is so crazy about this story is that no one else gets it. No one else gets it in the table around them apart from Jesus. Jesus understands the cost, he understands the integrity of this woman. And it says in the account in Matthew, you can see how important the story is, right? It's like across, it's the in every single gospel that you read. In the account of Matthew, Jesus says this at the end, he says, truly I say to you, wherever this gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done has been, will, be, um, will also be told in memory of her. How incredible that is. Imagine all the Pharisees thinking, what that moment there, the embarrassing, messy, awkward moment, that is what's gonna get recognition when you preach the gospel in a thousand years time and Jesus is like, yeah, that's what it is. You see, this woman's worship is so unpopular, but it's full of integrity. And that my friends, that is the worship that moves the heart of God. That's the worship that moves the heart of God. Um, there's an amazing worship leader um, from America. He's a songwriter as well. And he wrote a book um, and he mentions this passage and he says this about it. I love it. He says, We must grasp this. Pure worship has nothing to gain in the realm of popularity, it could care less. It only hopes to touch the heart, to win the heart of the one it is worshipping. So, can I ask us that question again today? How much does your worship cost you? Maybe you feel a bit like the Pharisees today. Maybe you feel a little bit uncomfortable when people pour out their praise to God. Maybe you feel a little bit awkward with the idea of being led in intimate times of worship. Perhaps for some of us, these songs are a little bit too feminine. That's legit, right? You know, we're singing love songs to Jesus. Maybe that feels a little bit uncomfortable for some of us today. Maybe you're like me and I'm, I'm, I'm so here and I'm saying that I'm this person that I can't quite get out of my head and into my heart. See, I walk into church on a Sunday and I've got so much going on in my head. and I'm thinking about what's going on around me. I'm thinking about the songs that I forget to engage the one place where my affection comes from and that's my heart. Maybe self-image takes precedence. What will people think of me? But the reality, these feelings are really valid. But I really believe that God wants to free us today from the fear of self-image, from the fear of popularity, and move us to being people of integrity that worship God wholeheartedly. Amen. That's lesson number one, worship costs your integrity. Lesson number two, worship costs your intimacy. Worship costs your intimacy. So as I mentioned before, um, it was mine and Robin's wedding anniversary on Wednesday. And um, I'm not sure if any of you have done this before, but... um, we kind of got to like the week before the anniversary and we sat down for dinner and I went, we're not doing gifts right this year. <laughs> you had done that before, anyone said that? Put your hand again, you are all fools. And I was a fool, I was a fool on Wednesday because I said to Robin, we're not doing gifts this year. And he went, no, 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 no. <laughs> then it got to Wednesday. I gave him my sorry little card and he bought me a gift. And it was one of those things where I felt really annoyed at him and also was really happy that I got given a gift. And to make it even worse, we got to the dinner that we, we brought to dinner in a restaurant and my parents had pre-paid for our drinks. So I got two gifts on my wedding anniversary and I gave zero <laughs> and I'm not going a great time. but I'm not, I'm not complaining too much about it, but this is what happens when, when you love someone. So my parents love me, my, my husband loves me. When you love someone, sometimes you just gotta show it. Don't you? You've got to show them how much you love them. You want to draw close to them. You want to deepen your relationship with them. You see, love without action is void, right? You can't just feel love towards someone. You've got to show them that you love them. And when it comes to worshiping Jesus, it's exactly what happens. It's exactly what happens. And When I became a Christian, Um, I got really confused by the idea of worship. I I was a bit like, I don't really understand why God needs me to tell him how much I love him. You know, I don't really understand that. I had a picture of Jesus sat on the throne in heaven going, praise me, peasants. Do you know what I mean? I had that picture, (laughs) hallelujah me. Do you know what I mean? Like, come on, praise me, I'm wonderful, I'm brilliant. And this is what I had, and I started thinking, does the Lord have an insecurity problem? (laughs) Has he got, has he got like, you know, has he got an identity crisis going on? Um, But no, you know, God doesn't require us to worship him because he's got, he's got problems. The reason why God requires and loves us to worship him is because he loves to draw near to us. And that's what worship does. Worship doesn't just exalt him, doesn't just remind us of who he is. It draws us closer and deeper to him. And I love this, this is what we see in this, in this story, don't we, the woman? It says, in, this, in verse 38, it talks about this moment of intimacy that she, she's behind him at his feet weeping. She wets his feet with her tears. She wipes them with her hair. She kisses them, pours perfume on him. And in her willingness to lay aside her ego and to take up her integrity, she gets close to Jesus. Because watch this, it says in verse 44, then Jesus turns towards the woman. Say that with me. Then Jesus turns towards the woman and said Simon do you see this woman I love that picture that Jesus literally turns his face towards the one that's worshiping him he turns his face towards her and i can't quite get my head around i don't think i'm ever, i think i'm going to go to the grave still not getting my head around this point that worship is all about jesus but he makes his presence all about us you see, worship is all about him. He doesn't need to come and bless us. He doesn't need to come and give us his presence. Because he loves us so much, he sings over us and he gives us his presence in our times of worship together. And one of the best things about intimacy, not only does, it, does, it, does Jesus draw close to us, but intimacy also leads us to transformation. How amazing would it be, just imagine for a moment how incredible our church community would be if every week, week in, week out, we sat in these seats and had intimate encounters with Jesus. How powerful would that be? Because then what we do is then we walk out from this room to our workplaces, to our homes, to our schools, wherever we are, and we radiate Jesus. How incredible would that be? I love in the story that the woman washing Jesus' feet with perfume, you, you could probably imagine that she walked away from that moment literally smelling of the perfume in her hands. So there's a moment in history, I love this, you've got to take this with me here, there's a moment in history where a sinful woman has the same fragrance as the Son of God. How amazing is that? Because she worships Him, because she draws close to Him, because she has an intimate encounter with Him, she walks away from this moment smelling of Jesus. How amazing would that be if we come here every Sunday, have intimate encounters with God in our times of worship, and we walk out of here literally smelling like the fragrance of God. How transformed would our lives be? How transformed would the lives of others be around us? So that's lesson number two, worship costs your intimacy. Lesson number three, I'm going to land it here, costly worship is an invitation. Intimate worship for you and for me. Take a deep breath in. Phew, (laughs) thank goodness. If you've come to church today or um, you've come over the last few Sundays and you've been burnt out and you've been worn out, this intimate encounter is for you. If you've come to church today and you are feeling full of guilt and sin and you've messed up, this intimate encounter with Jesus is for you. If it extends as far to the sinful woman in that story, I know it extends to us as well. I'm going to land with this, and um, Bam, when you start getting ready to come back up, I want to land with this. This is a choice we have to make every week. Because the stark thing in this story is that Jesus is sat with, there's a bunch of men in this story sat in the literal, physical presence of Jesus, and they totally missed the point. And I'm so scared of myself of coming to church on a Sunday, sitting in, the, sitting in the room, sitting in the literal and physical presence of Jesus and totally missing the point. I would much rather be the sinful woman pouring out her love and affection at the feet of Jesus than the pious teachers and rulers of the law who Jesus rebukes. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna finish with this. Is it worth it? Is it worth the cost, you might be asking? I'll tell you now it is. Having deep encounter with Jesus is worth all our integrity. It's worth, it's worth putting our hearts on the line for intimacy. It is worth it for him, amen? Why don't we stand, we're gonna to respond together. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's Saint podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. And if you want to find out more ways of connecting or if you want to support the vision of Saint, you can head over to saint.church. For now, have a great week and we'll catch up really soon.